This is the Weird is the New Black Show. so moved by life and all the things that have been occurring that I felt like, yo, I got some time. Why not just get down and just share some thoughts and ideas with you all? So here it goes. The first thing that I wanted to talk about is like my time and my relationship with the city of Philadelphia. If you've lived here long enough, you'll develop a love-hate type of like thing with Philly some may be more love than hate others it'll be more hate than love and I feel like in my latter years it's the latter the culture here is just just different you know of course we have the sports teams going on people love the Sixers and they're actually doing well uh, this season You know, the Eagles almost came close. They lost to the Saints. I try not to watch the game because I don't want to jinx anything, but they lost anyway. But, you know, shit happens. Whatever. In terms of, like, the culture here, like the nightlife, the music scene here, I don't know. Like, years ago, I used to be in love with it. Like, yo, I was going out damn near every night. Walnut Room or Fluid or... You name it, I was all over the place. But now, I can't name you a place that I want to be on a Saturday night. Besides my own apartment. With me and my cat watching Star Trek Next Generation on Netflix. Because it's free. And I got food in my fridge. Like This is my hot spot for the night. I know it sounds washed. But I just don't have any other like places I want to go. Hopefully it changes in the future. But... The way it looks now, not happening. And then I think about the music scenes in the city. Like, there is a lot of talent here, but you never really hear about it. You don't get to see it. Because I feel like they keep bringing up the same names and the same acts over and over and over again. So it's like, what's the point? I don't know, man. I just feel like I've outgrown this place. Because I've been here for so long. I've seen, like, every movement come in. And I've seen movements leave. So my whole vibe with the city is just, is off. The city needs something new, something fresh to happen. Something to change the, change the scene, change the landscape. But I feel like that'll only happen once people start coming together and unifying and thinking as one. Where can we take the city? Where can we go? Understanding our value. Like, Philadelphia is a big-ass city. Great things happen here. Great things have happened here. Great people have come from the city and have made impacts all across the world. Like, look at Will Smith. That's Philly right there. You see what Meek is doing. 
That's Philly right there. And I don't want to hear about Rocky because that was a fictional character. But you know what I'm saying. Like, this city has something good. And we just got to, like, make it make it be what it has to be. But at the same time, the contrarian in my mind pops up because I'm like, yo, I don't really give a shit anymore. Like, I'm 34 years old. I got the goals that I have set for myself, which is the podcast. And I just want to, like, be able to use this as a vehicle to spread love. You know, and there are people in the city that I respect and I love and I, and I want to give them platforms. So maybe, just maybe, like, that's the way to change the city. You know, like, giving people their flowers while they're still here. Give them appreciation. Because that may give them the fuel to carry on and just to be, you know, be the superstars that they are. Who knows? I don't. So there's that. Also, I've given a lot of thought to personal growth. The past few years for me have been a time of deep reflection. And I often credit the passing of my grandfather for that. Um, He passed away due to leukemia in April of 2017 and it just it baffled me because I felt like the disease worked so fast like I didn't have time enough to process it just by the time that you know I started to be you know realizing because my grandfather was sick and you know in my mind hopefully he gets better and all that you know, was, he was in the hospital. Then the next week, he was in the hospice. And I was fortunate that I was able to see him both times before he transitioned. But I just felt like, yo, like we got robbed. Because there's a lot after the fact. Of course, it always happens after the fact that I wish I could have asked him. You know, when he was in his 20s, when he was in his 30s, when he was in his 40s, I wanted to know like, Grandpa, what were you like then? What was it like being a young father, having four kids by the age of 26? Like, what were the things that you learned that made you evolve and become stronger as you got older? What were those things? Because I knew my grandfather, like, we were tight. Like, he was the one to, like, pick me up from school all through from kindergarten through 12th grade in high school, up to my up to my damn near my graduation from high school. He was there damn near every day for that. Saw my report cards. Talked about this teacher. Talked about this classmate. He was he was there for me. He was one of my I, I count him as like he was like a best friend, but he was my granddad. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was those moments that I always appreciated. So when he passed, it was a regret because it was like, damn, as much as I knew him, I didn't really know him. So now that he's gone, and I look at my dad, and I'm like, okay, cool. I have these moments. I have these opportunities. Like, I knew my dad growing up, you know, seeing him. Because my dad was 23 when I was born. My dad was 23. My mom was 19. So I was able to see my dad grow 
as I grew. But there was so much I wanted to ask him, and I and I have to ask him now, because these thoughts are in my head, and I, I had to get, get this information. Because there are times when he'll tell me about things that he uh, experienced in like the 80s and 90s. And I'm like, what? But at the same time, it's like, okay, cool. And now I'm starting to get a greater understanding of my father. Because the older we get, we should start understanding that, yeah, these are our parents, but we got to start seeing them as like human beings. You know, not, not every human being has the answer for this, has the answer for that. Sometimes do the best that they can. So for me, what I got from my parents is that, yo, I take what they've given me and I'll take in their lessons and like I have the choice now, the free will to either like carry on and do exactly what they did or to see what they did and like, nah, let me take it in my own direction and let me try to experience life in my own way in this, in this different environment. Because I think that's the thing that people tend to forget. They're like, yo, you know, work for my parents don't work for me. But you gotta understand the times are different. The minds are different. This is a whole. This is a different generation, different environment. So you gotta adapt to it. And for me, the reason why it's important that I understand, you know, my grandfather's life and my father's life, is because I do think it's important that I understand manhood from a generational standpoint. Because we tend to have this idea of what manhood is, what masculinity is. And we think it's sometimes like, you know, looking a certain way, talking a certain way, or courting women a certain way. But it's deeper than that. Because in this era, it's like, okay, cool, we talk about manhood, but on a bigger scale, what does it mean to be a human being in 2019? You know, like we all trying to like, yo, what's a, what makes a man a man? But what makes a man a human being? You know, so I'm coming from like this standpoint, coming from like the cisgendered heterosexual standpoint, trying to understand and and find my way through this like this crazy thing called life. And after this weekend. I found myself trying to understand this thing called love as well. I had a, did a podcast with my buddy Nas Kieda, who was like a bright brother, great mind. And we did an episode on love. But I find that I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying to understand what love is, what it means when you fall in love versus is, is it infatuation or all these things because it's what life has to offer. When you get to a certain point, you're on this journey and you find yourself seeing different paths and meeting different people who show you things and remind you of things. I got a, I got a big reminder. I had, a, I had a big reminder and I was like, okay. History has repeated itself in my life way too many times with friendships or relationships. And then I start to realize, I'm like, okay, if I want things to be different, take a step back and analyze who you are. Analyze what makes your heart beat 
what makes your mind like turns those gears inside your head you know what what moves you and you got to start seeing that for what it is because i was in my feelings because i was playing uh What's that song by 10CC? It's called I'm Not In Love. And that's also on the Virgin Suicide soundtrack. I remember playing that song because I was in a, I was in a space and I just needed to get the energy flowing. Because as I get older, it's just like it's important that I understand that everything that I do, every relationship that I have, every friendship that I have, Every word that I say, every action that I perform has to have a purpose. It's got to mean something. There's a song by the far side, and it says, you got to do something that means something, something that means something. Because it's not, I don't want to waste time. I don't want to, like, create, like, you know, uh, multiple amounts of white noise in my life. I need people to see the signal. I need people to see what it is that I'm doing, and people to see me for me via what my purpose is. Like, if I've done something in action, I need you to know why I did it, what the reasons were behind it. You know, this human beings are layered. We're complex individuals. We're not all packaged and wrapped the same way. Some come to you looking like, you know, a Brad Pitt, you know? Some will come to you looking like Michelle Obama. Some will come to you with autism or with other special needs or other mental conditions. Because I don't, I don't like saying the word mental illness. I like to say mental conditions. Everyone is different. Everyone has to deal with things in their own way. And that brings me to this next thing that I, it's been on my mind for a while. I hate social media these days. It's just... It's chaos. There's so much going on. There's a lot of misinformation that's there. It's a lot of pain that's there. There's a lot of like a lot of bullshit that's there. There's no empathy. This is what I think human beings need. We need to understand one another. We need to stop condemning one another over the smallest infractions. We need to understand that everyone isn't perfect. And we all got a long way to go. Who I was in 2006 wasn't who I was in 2009, wasn't who I was in 2012, 2015, 2018, and I damn sure ain't that now in 2019. Because I've learned and I've given myself time to grow and to evolve. There's times when I purposely throw myself into the fire. Like I put myself out there just to see my wings, uh, my wax wings melt in the face of the sun like Icarus. Just so I can have those experiences. Because it allowed me to become a better person, a wiser person. You know, like I'm accountable for all my actions. So I bring up to say, within social media, the idea or this whole cancel, cancel culture thing is so prevalent and it's, it's disgusting. Because so many people out here want to pinpoint that's toxic. He's toxic. She's toxic. Or call someone trash. I am not a god. I am not a judge. I have no right to call someone trash. Because no one's trash. People are flawed human beings. That's who and what they are. 
and that's all that it is. Cancel culture. Fuck cancel culture. I'll say it again. Fuck cancel culture. It gets down to this. You think that by canceling someone, shaming someone into either an apology or into them hiding under a rock hidden from the world that you solved an issue, you didn't. You cancel a person, but you don't cancel the behavior. For example, while talking to my uh, wonderful, lovely friend Liz, I mentioned the, I made the analogy of like, of Adolf Hitler. Hitler is definitely the symbol of anti-Semitism. When Hitler died, did anti-Semitism die with him? No, it did not die with them. The behavior is still there. The problem is, in this era, we will pinpoint the problem. We will harp on the problem. We will retweet. We will like, repost the problem. But we do not work as hard toward working out the solution. When you look at the scientific method, you start out with the problem, the hypothesis, and you work through all the steps until you reach what? The solution, the experimenting. So how could we experiment in this era? By having conversations, by having dialogues, by trying to break through this wall. Because I'm going to tell you something, like, I hate this whole, like, if uh, a racist says something to a person, like, in their face, they record it, and they're like, Twitter, do your thing. And it may go viral, and it may cause a person to, like, they'll reach, they'll receive some kind of attention, you know, negative attention, and they'll be shamed into being like, oh, no, I'm sorry, I never meant to hurt anybody's, anybody's feelings, I, you know, blah, 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 blah. But is that a is that apology like authentic? No, they got shamed into apologizing. They got pushed into apologizing. They may still have those behaviors and those thoughts, but nothing's going to change because they got canceled. Shit's still going to be there. It's like we need to understand people. We got to start talking and having these ideas and getting to the roots of where these behaviors are and why they exist. And why they continue to flourish from generation to generation to generation. Like we can go crazy on Twitter all day. We can go crazy and call people out all day. But what is it doing? What are we achieving by this? For every action there's a reaction. How do we, what do we do? For example, when we have uh, Kevin Hart. He went on his apology tour for his like, tweets from 2010 that that had homophobic language and in this era that's not being tolerated anymore. But so many people were like, cancel him, get him out of here. He's not funny anyway. Just they throwing, it's going at him, going at him, going at him. But it's like, I'd rather have had the conversation like Ellen did or like 
whoever else spoke to him and just to explain the point of view of why the language was as caustic and as you know and as foul as it was so that he can understand what it is and I'm sure he has because I'm sure like he's not the same person he was in 20, 2010 and he has 2018 he even said that he even apologized for it because once you learn once you know better you do better or you should do better you know, everything isn't just like, isn't just as simple as condemning someone. People deserve to have the opportunity to redeem themselves. Like, for example, like uh, another example of mine, Kanye West. And I mentioned Kanye a couple times on my show. I don't hate Kanye West. I don't have anything bad to say about Kanye West. Do I agree with his uh, political views? Fuck no, because I'm not a Trump dude. I don't respect how he got into the White House, the MAGA hats, building the wall to keep people out of, out of the country. Because keep it real, if you know the history of, the, of this country, Mexico had land up in the United States. Texas, California, all that shit. And the United States jacked it. So I think it's funny how you're trying to put a, have this border and build a wall, keeping people out of, out of land that they're actually entitled to. If you want to keep it a buck, you know, but that's another story, another time. But in terms of Kanye West, Kanye West to me is a creative genius. He's made some beautiful music. The songs that he's made that I've played during some of my most trying times. And, you know, he lost his mom. You know, I can't imagine what that what that's like. You know, and he's, you know, dealt with so much public scrutiny, like whenever he spoke his mind, people grabbed him, you're an idiot, he's dumb. But he was open and honest with himself. At this point in time, I can definitely see that that the guy has his issues, has his problems. And he does outlandish things. You know, says this, says that. And everybody's like, I can't stand him. I hate Kanye West. I'll never play with anyone's records again. But I'm empathetic enough to understand that the brother has his issues. He has his problems. And instead of me being the guy saying, fuck you, Kanye West, get the fuck out of here. I want him to be, to have health. I want him to be, to be well. He has children. He has a wife. I want him to be in the best state of mind for those that he loves and for those that love him. Like, I don't have time to be out here on the social media going on this hate train with people because it's fucking stupid at the end of the day. Because I had somebody who got mad at me when I said R.I.P. fucking George Bush. Like, I know George Bush, you know, was, like, part of the CIA and all this other wild shit back in the 80s. You know, especially doing the Iran-Contra shit when drugs got pushed into the communities. I know all that shit. But when the man died, there was no need for me to, like, continue to be on some negative shit and to push, like, this energy towards him. He's a dead man. 
What can a dead man do? Nothing. Someone actually said to me, well, I can't believe you put RIP. I'm like, there's so much energy in that. I said, it actually has more energy in me than negative. She's like, no, there's also energy in you putting, um, writing RIP. I said, well, actually, it's pretty like uh, pretty easy to type letters RIP on your keyboard. No energy at all. I, I swear to you, it's, it's easy as pie. Right? Just be a smart person. And I guess uh, she liked that response, like, so she didn't respond again. But back to the point. Empathy and love are my weapons. They're what I use to fight the bullshit in this world. I don't have time to focus on the dead with my with my frustrations and my anger. Because there's so many things in this world that are happening right now that deserve it. Families separated from their children at the borders. Huh? Flint, Michigan, filthy water. We can talk about what happens to, you know, immigrants that come to this country. You know, people who are undocumented. And they're trying to make their way. But yet, we're trying to block them from trying to achieve the same American dream that these other immigrants, you know, who happen to be of European European descent, you know, well, they came and got to Ellis Island, you know, in the uh, during the 19th century. Who's to say who's worthy of a dream or who's not? You know, like there's more things to worry about in this life than simple shit. But what celebrity did this? What celebrity said that? You know, of course, you know, as this, we just gotta take some time and really look at what matters most. You know, like really, really see what the point is of all this. Go beyond separation and really try to unify and come together and make this life thing worth it. If not for me, but for the next person. Like, uh, again, shout out to Liz. Uh, We were discussing the idea of like the importance of having a community coming together making something worthwhile, being part of a group where we don't feel alone, isolated. We need that. Something we should work towards. Because life is short. And Gary Coleman was a lot shorter. That wasn't nice. Sorry about that. But you get what I'm saying. You know, we have our responsibility to ourselves and to the generation following up after us to open doors, to be ourselves, to express love, to receive it, to give it, to be better than the previous people that came before us. You know, uh, there was this line, Einstein, um, I believe it was an Einstein quote about technology surpassing our humanity. We got phones and iPads, computers that can do a lot of shit. But yet we still on some caveman shit when it comes to difference of opinions. We got a lot of growing to do. We got a lot of loving to do. And yeah, those are my 22 twos. Inspired by uh, 
one of my favorite tracks from Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. Bonus episode. How about that? Shout out to my cat sleeping on the couch over there. Again, not making a sound. Respect. Uh-huh. All right, y'all. Peace.